Hello, and welcome to another episode of Words of Wisdom, a podcast series dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. My name is Jerry Weirwell, and it is my pleasure to be on this journey together with you to discover the powerful truths that God has revealed to those who desire to become wise and discerning. Proverbs 18.16 reads, A person's gift creates opportunity for him and leads him before great people. Now, some might be more familiar with a different rendering of this verse, such as, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. The trouble that we encounter with this proverb is that there have been various interpretations for what is meant by a person's gift. And furthermore, how does a gift make room for the person? One popular way people have viewed this proverb is to see the meaning of gift as referring to a skill a talent, or enablement from the Lord, and that the Lord will create opportunity or make room for the person's gift, that is their abilities, to function in service to him. Therefore, based on this understanding, the proverb would mean something like this. The Lord will provide an avenue for a person to use their particular talent and ability, sometimes referred to as a long suit, that the Lord has given to them. The first thing that we should look at is the Hebrew word matan, translated as gift. I believe the aforementioned interpretation of Proverbs 18.16 is based on a misunderstanding of the meaning of this word. Here in the proverb, matan refers to a gift that a person gives to another person, not something that they receive from the Lord. This is the same meaning that matan has in the two other occurrences in the book of Proverbs, in chapter 19 verse 6 and chapter 21 verse 14. It is a big difference to understand a person's gift to refer to something that the person is offering to another than to construe it as something that is belonging to the person themselves. So when we understand that the gift is being offered by the person, it is natural to ask the question, what sort of gift could this be? In order to answer this question, we have to infer some of the context that likely lies behind the book of Proverbs. First, the scenario to which this proverb most likely is addressing is either a law court setting or a royal court of officials. Both of these background contexts are prevalent in the book of Proverbs. There are a number of proverbs that relate to the judicial system and the hearing of cases in a court of law. And there are a number of other proverbs that deal with the royal court and even the king himself. Both of these contexts are viable and it would be difficult to determine which one or the other was indeed in view here. But if there is any connection that is intended with the subsequent verse, verse 17, then perhaps it is more likely that verse 16 is implying a law court setting. Nevertheless, it is difficult to be sure either way, because the proverb doesn't explicitly tell us the circumstances to which it applies. Returning now to the question of what sort of gift does the proverb refer to, we must be careful here because the meaning of the Hebrew word matan, as well as the idea of a gift in the book of Proverbs, carries both a positive and negative connotation. We can demonstrate this by simply looking at the two other occurrences of matan in Proverbs. In chapter 19, verse 6, it says, Many will entreat the favor of a generous person, and everyone is a friend to a person who gives gifts. Here, the idea of a person who gives gifts is paralleled with a generous person, meaning that the gifts are given from a charitable disposition. This is vastly different to chapter 21, verse 14, where it says, A gift given in secret subdues anger, and a secret bribe averts strong wrath. 
Here the meaning of gift is paralleled with a bribe, and it carries a very negative meaning that deals with a person trying to manipulate another person, or by paying them off so that they won't make certain decisions that they normally would otherwise. Thus, to give a gift in a positive sense means to give someone a present or gift without the motivation or intent to cause harm or to do wrong. To give a gift in a negative sense is to give someone a present or gift with the motivation or intention to manipulate, bribe, or accomplish some sort of wrongdoing. The difference between the two is really on the basis of whether or not the person giving the gift is doing it from a heart with an evil intent or not. An evil intent is simply an intent that seeks to achieve an end that is contrary to godliness or righteousness. And so it can cover a wide range of circumstances, anywhere from trying to incentivize a person to be biased in their business practices through things like profiteering, all the way to bribing a judge to alter their verdict in order to pardon a criminal unjustly. One thing to make clear about a gift that is given to persuade another person to act in a certain way is that it does not always inherently carry a bad or negative meaning. The nature of whether a gift is good or bad depends upon its purpose and the outcome that is trying to be accomplished through it. Let's turn now to the second phrase, creates opportunity for him, commonly translated as makes room. This Hebrew phrase literally means makes wide for him or enlarges for him. This is the effect that the gift is meant to accomplish. It is a metaphor that refers to opening up or broadening circumstances. This is why I think the translation creates opportunity for him is good, because it denotes in our understanding the nature of how circumstances are being made wide or enlarged for the gift giver. Another way that we could say a person's gift creates opportunity for him would be gift giving will allow open doors that otherwise would not be accessible to you. Finally, the last part of the proverb which says, and leads him before great people, further defines the type of opportunities that the proverb is suggesting. These opportunities are to gain an audience with a high-ranking or prominent individual of which under normal circumstances, such communication or interaction would likely not be possible. In either a law court setting or royal court setting, in the ancient biblical times, there was a hierarchy by which engagements were carried out, and everyone didn't have the same access to speak to everyone else at any time they desired. This is true today as well. There were protocols in the ancient culture and established social boundaries that were expected not to be crossed. For example, a person was not permitted to just waltz into the royal palace and begin conversing with the king whenever they felt like it. In fact, to do such a thing would normally incur a heavy penalty, which was often execution. However, a person could gain a special audience with high-ranking officials if they showed the right honor and respect due to them as demonstrated by offering a gift to them. We see this custom of gift-giving to obtain an audience with a high-ranking official depicted with King Solomon himself. In 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 23 to 25, it says, King Solomon was wealthier and wiser than any of the kings of the earth. Everyone in the world wanted to visit Solomon to see him display his God-given wisdom. Year after year, visitors brought their gifts— which included items of silver, items of gold, clothes, perfumes, spices, horses, and mules. Therefore, in order to speak with King Solomon, it was expected that a person brought a gift to present to the king. It's not as though King Solomon needed any gift, or that the gift really mattered to him in a material sense. 
for he was already the wealthiest person in the world. But the gift was a custom that indicated you wished to garner the favor or attention of the other person. To summarize the practical wisdom of this proverb, a gift given at the right time, right place, and in the right way can be of great benefit to create an opportunity to speak with or come into contact with important people. Let me be clear, the proverb is not condoning bribes in the negative sense, but it is simply stating how generosity and tact can open doors to meet people and have them listen to your needs or opinions. One thing to mention is that it appears that the book of Proverbs does not have a positive outlook on certain gift-giving practices because it lends to the preferential treatment of the rich who can afford to give gifts over the poor and therefore can be in conflict with the imperative for righteousness, justice, and integrity, especially including those who serve in public office. Rather, Proverbs states that favor with rulers and officials is to be merited based upon the exercise of wisdom and understanding, not gifts or bribes. As chapter 15 verse 27 says, The one who pursues unjust gain troubles his household, but the one who hates gifts that influence will live. Thus, gift giving must be done with wisdom and with the aim of upholding righteousness, justice, and integrity, and not subverting them for personal gain or advantage. A great positive example of gift giving that creates opportunity can be seen in the life of a man named John Rulin. When Rulin was in college, he decided to become trained to do door-to-door sales in order to make some extra money. After going through a training program in order to learn some of the sales skills needed and some pointers on how to handle rejection, Rulin began his journey of becoming a salesman. If we fast forward ahead a couple years, by the time he was a senior in college, Rulin was the number one sales representative out of one million distributors for the company. He was having amazing success and was outperforming all of his fellow associates. During his early part of his career as a salesman, Rulin learned an important concept that would enable him to become the most successful salesperson the company has ever had. The key to his success began when Rulin decided to pitch an idea to his girlfriend's father, a local businessman and attorney named Paul Miller. The idea was to use Rulin's company's product as a gift for Miller's clients. Surprisingly, Miller agreed. Now, the company that Rulin worked for was in the business of manufacturing knives, and Miller requested that Rulin sell him paring knives. When Rulin asked why, Miller said, Most of my clients are married and their wives tend to use paring knives a lot. I learned a long time ago that if you take care of the family, everything else seems to take care of itself. This was an important lesson for Rulin, as it would become the basis for an integrated sales strategy that was based on generous gift giving as a way to strengthen relationships and create opportunity. From implementing this simple concept in his business practices, Rulin would launch into a massively successful career that would place him as the number one salesperson out of 1.5 million sales reps throughout the history of the Cutco Knife Company. Early on, when Rulin had started his own business, he attended a conference where he heard Cameron Harold speak, who was a very successful and sought-after business consultant for CEOs and executives. Rulin was eager to meet Harold and have a private audience with him in order to pick his brain. He knew that meeting Harold could have the potential to be a turning point for him in business and maybe could result in Harold being a mentor to him. 
When Rulin learned that Harold was going to be visiting his hometown in Cleveland, Ohio, and that he was going to be doing some shopping at one of his favorite stores in the local area, Brooks Brothers, Rulin had an idea and asked him for his shirt size with the promise to send him a shirt. Harold thought it a little odd for Rulin, who he just met, to be asking for his shirt size, but he obliged and also agreed to Rulin's invitation to go to dinner and a basketball game while he was in Cleveland. When the day came and they were scheduled to meet, Harold sent word to Rulin that he would have to cancel because he was simply exhausted from his speaking tour and wanted to rest. Little did Harold know that Rulin had sent a gift to Harold's room earlier that day. And not just any gift. Rulin had purchased one of each of the Brooks Brothers' new items from their fall collection in every color and had the hotel staff decorate Harold's room with them. Rulin had purchased over $7,000 worth of clothing. When Harold arrived at the hotel and Rulin recommended he go upstairs and shower and that he would just see how Harold felt later that evening, it took about 20 minutes, but Harold came walking back downstairs into the lobby with his eyes as wide as they could be and a big smile on his face. He was blown away by Rulin's incredible gift and told him that he could meet with him as long as he wanted and that Rulin had his full attention. Rulin's gift opened a door that may not have ever been able to be opened any other way. And that one gift would forever change Rulin's business and his relationship with Cameron Harold, as Harold became a friend and a mentor to Rulin for years after that day. To give one other example, Rulin had a client at one time who had been trying to get a meeting with the president of electronics at the store Target for over a year and a half. In doing some research on the president of electronics, Rulin found out that he had undergraduate and graduate degrees from the University of Minnesota. So Rulin was going to bet on the fact that this executive was a Gopher fan. Rulin suggested that they get the president a unique gift that he would appreciate. They took a 50-inch slice of cherry wood that weighed 60 pounds and had the Gopher logo from the University of Minnesota along with the lyrics to the school's fight song carved into it. When it was finished, it was beautiful. Rulin and his team had the gift delivered to the executive's office with a simple note attached to it, explaining why Rulin's client wanted to meet. The carving cost over $4,000, but it sure was successful in getting the attention of this president. He was more than willing to meet with them and to give them as much time as they needed to talk. There are many more examples of this practice of gift giving that you can read about in Rulin's book, Giftology, published in 2016. In his book, Rulin explains how radical generosity and the art of gift giving can create opportunities and form relationships that can change your life. It is amazing how people will respond favorably when you offer them a gift with no strings attached. So in conclusion, what we can learn from the proverb is that when used properly with an honorable and pure motive, a thoughtful gift that is given at the right time and in the right way can open doors remove obstacles, and place you in a more favorable light in the eyes of others, especially if you're trying to reach a prominent or high-ranking individual. A person's gift creates opportunity for him and leads him before great people. We should learn from this proverb, the power of gift-giving can open such doors and provide a way when the way seems to be currently blocked. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Truth or Tradition podcast. We hope you're enjoying this new series on the words of wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And for more biblical resources, you can visit our website, truthortradition.com. And there you can subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of the future resources that we post.